This morning we read this passage that is sort of a continuation of the discussion that we started last week about discipleship. Last week we talked about how being a Christian means being a disciple, and being a disciple means being willing to surrender everything I have for God. And in the events that we hear about this morning, we see a practical example of this in action. A man, he wanted to follow Jesus. And our Lord Jesus Christ says, sure, just give up your money and you can follow me. And unfortunately, the man was unwilling to do this, and it gave Christ the opportunity to talk a little bit about money. I mentioned a few weeks ago, our Lord Jesus Christ actually spoke about money in the Gospels more than he did about lots of things, about sexual immorality, about heaven, about hell. Money is a, a big deal. A big deal to our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why he spoke a lot about it. So there must be something very important and maybe really dangerous about money. And he says to us what it is this morning. He says it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of the needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. This is one of our favorite verses in the Bible to spiritualize. We hear this and we say, well, you know, St. Paul says the root of evil or the love of money is the root of all evil. So it's the love of money that is evil. Money is not bad. But actually, that's not what Christ says today. He says, for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God, period. He says it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. In essence, he's saying money is dangerous. If you have it and you depend on it, it's going to kill you. If you don't have it and you want it badly, it will kill you. Money can kill us because it reveals our hearts. And riches can hinder our holiness in lots of ways. Some small examples. The root of being a disciple, the root of following God is faith. St. Paul says in Hebrews, But without faith it is impossible to please Him. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. If we think of faith as a sort of confidence in God, imagine how, if we're not careful, riches have a tendency to destroy this. Riches tempt us to make you trust, either for happiness or for defense or safety, in money instead of God. I can have a false sense of security that any problem that comes my way, I can solve it by throwing money at the problem. Riches also, if we're not careful, can be a hindrance to the love of God. St. John says in his epistle, If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. But imagine yourself as someone who has many, many possessions. It is difficult for a person to not love the world who is surrounded with all the things that make the world so enticing. How is it that we will be easy, or how will it be easy for us to hear the, the voice of God that we mentioned in Proverbs last week when he says, My son, give me your heart. Those of us, and actually most of us, who enjoy the comforts of modern life, we're actually playing with fire. And being naive if we think that it's not going to form us or have some effect on us if we're not careful, if we're not vigilant. 
There is danger in luxury. Luxury leads to forgetfulness. Listen to what St. John Grossum says. He says, As for you, my beloved, if you sit at a table, remember that from the table you must go to prayer. Fill your belly so moderately that you may not become too heavy to bend your knees and call upon your God. This is the sort of advice that brings to life what it means when we are fasting. This is the true purpose of fasting. To recall God, to help us to deny our bodily desires on some level, so that we can practice the remembrance of God. From the love of God, true humility flows. If we love God, we have true humility. So if riches can hinder the love of God, riches can also hinder our humility. It's a very difficult endeavor to be humble when we are rich or when we are powerful. Who has, for example, courage to speak to somebody in a position of power, in a position of authority, in a position of great wealth? Who has the courage to tell them the truth, to tell them that they're wrong, to tell them that they need something corrected? And so we grow accustomed to people only telling us what we want to hear, saying good things, saying nice things to us, and we lose an opportunity to be humbled and to deal with our faults. In St. Matthew's Gospel, Christ tells us, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. What does it mean to lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, rather than treasures on earth? There's actually another parable that our Lord Jesus Christ says in the Gospel of St. Luke that clarifies this for us a lot. In Luke chapter 12, he talks about a man whose crops produced a lot more than he had initially expected. And he said, what should I do? I have nowhere to store my crops. And what was his answer? He said, I'm going to tear down my storehouse and I'm going to build a bigger one. That's what I'm going to do with all of my accumulated wealth here. And at the end of the year, when I have all of these things, I can rest, I can enjoy. I can relax and eat and be merry, for you have good stored up for years to come. This is what he says in the, in the, in the parable. And then Christ says, you fool, this night your soul is required of you. And then there's a crucial sentence that he says in verse 21. So is the one who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich towards God. So what in the world does it mean to be rich towards God? That he was not rich towards God. It could not just mean give God money. God doesn't need our money. In Psalm 49, God says, For every beast of the forest is mine, and the cattle on a thousand hills are mine. Being rich towards God doesn't mean to enrich God. It means counting God as your riches. If you are looking about for where to be rich, focus on God. He is our great reward. He is our riches. So often laying up for ourselves treasures in heaven would be living in such a way to maximize God as my treasure. Handle my money in such a way as to show that God, not my money, is my treasure. 
Our Lord Jesus Christ, he says in another part of the Gospels, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. What does he mean when he says to serve money? If we find out or understand what it means to serve money, I think it will shed light to us on how really to serve God. How do you serve money? It's not like you do what money says, you know? Money is not speaking to us. To serve money means to calculate all of my behaviors, all of my life, to maximize what money can give me. Always asking for what benefits can come to me from money. That would be serving money. And I think most people would agree with that. So what does it mean then to serve God? If you just stick with the same comparison, serving God would mean doing everything I do, calculating all of my behavior to maximize the pleasures that I can get from God, the benefits that I can get from God through Christ. I cannot serve both God and money in this way. They are mutually exclusive. Either you are working hard to make God your treasure in everything, or you are working hard to make money your treasure in everything. So lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven means to calculate all of our behavior to maximize the benefits that I get from God, the benefits that I have in God through Christ Jesus. The last thing I'm going to say is if we look at another passage from St. Luke. He says, Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money bags and do not grow old. A treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches, nor moth corrupts. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So there's a connection between laying up my treasures in heaven and to sell your possessions and provide yourselves with money bags that, doesn't, that don't grow old. Provide yourselves with money bags and treasures that never fail. You're going to give to the needy. Our Lord Jesus Christ, He says, the second command is how you do the first. Sell your possessions and then give to the needy. And then I provide myself treasures in heaven. So how I provide myself treasures in heaven is that I take my money and I show my freedom from it that it is not my God, that it is not my treasure, that I love people, and you want people to love God. So you're displaying the love of God to them by sharing more and more of what you have. And in doing this, your joy in God, your treasuring of God increases. This is why as a church, we encourage to give. This is why it's important to give tithes, to give generously above and beyond to the church or to the poor, to the needy. It is for our own salvation that we do these things, for our own treasure to be built up, for us to have freedom from money. But it's not something that comes easy. The first emotion that we have when we're asked to give, if we're honest with ourselves, is fear. That's why our Lord just gives us Courage for this in the passage that I read. Do not fear little flock. We tend to be afraid. We think if we have this much or we give this much to a ministry or to a person who is in need, we may not have enough ourselves. 
So our Lord Jesus Christ says, fear not or do not fear little flock. And he calls us flock, meaning God is our shepherd. Fear not little flock, and it is your father's good pleasure. So now we have that we are a flock with a shepherd, and he tells us not to fear. And then he says, for your father. So we, are a, we have a father, we have a shepherd, and he says, it is, your, it is his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. So we have a shepherd, we have a father, we have a king. Our Lord Jesus Christ is sort of piling up pictures of God to take away our fear of giving, of our fear of laying up treasures in heaven. He is a shepherd, he is a father, he is a king. Shepherds know everything that the sheep need to live and how to provide for them. Fathers take incredible care of their children. Kings have authority and power to get things done. God is all of this for you. So don't be afraid. Be generous. Be a cheerful giver. Treat God as your treasure above all treasures. And show how He is your treasure by giving and giving to those who are in need. St. Paul says in his epistles of the Hebrews, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? So then, among all the people on the planet, as Christians, we ought to be the most lavish, the most generous, freely giving people, even at great risk to ourselves. Because he says, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? You can listen to this definition of poverty and wealth from St. John Chrysostom. He says, we ought to consider this definition of poverty and wealth. So if you see someone greedy for many things, you should consider him the poorest of all, even if he has acquired everyone's money. If on the other hand, you see someone with few needs, you should count him the richest of all, even if he has acquired nothing. If we are accustomed to judge poverty and affluence by the, disposi the disposition of the mind, not by the measure of one's substance. As we're praying the Divine Liturgy, we should ask God for forgiveness for the times that we have made money our priority in our life, our decision maker. Let's resolve during this fast to be generous, to give generously, to dedicate money to the church, to the poor, to the needy, to ministries, so that we can lay up for ourselves treasure in heaven and glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.